Good morning, church. Come on in. Come on in. Excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Today is my favorite day. Sundays are hands down and by far my favorite day. It didn't always used to be that way, but it is that way now and has been for a long, long time. Because Sundays are the day that we most purposefully, most intentionally set aside a time to honor him. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I'd like you to stand up with me this morning. We're just going to prepare our hearts to come into his presence. I'd just like you to close your eyes and just begin begin to turn your hearts and your minds to heaven. Lord, we worship you today. This morning as I was preparing for church, the Lord told me so clearly, you come not because you are worthy, but because I am worthy. And that just ministered such freedom and rest to my soul this morning. He is worthy to be praised. He is worthy. I'm just going to read out of Philippians this morning, chapter 2, verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." Father, we worship you this morning. We come into your presence. Father, you are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our worship. We turn our hearts to you this morning, God. All that weighs upon us, Father, we lay it at your feet. We cast our burdens to you according to your word, Father, because you care for us this morning. Let our worship be sweet to you this morning. We receive from you, Father, as we pour out unto you this morning. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name, we pray, amen. Let's worship. The past two weeks during worship, as I just like stand there with my eyes closed, I just have visions of a room full of chains. And some of them are like really big and heavy and other ones are really small and seem like not so big. And... When Jesus walks in the room, they all just snap in half. Like, it's just so easy for him to break. And I feel like sometimes we get comfortable in our sin and comfortable in the things that we struggle with and comfortable with where we're at. And we don't realize that there's these strongholds, some of them big, some of them are things that we just don't really want to deal with. But he's... (laughs) He's so good, and he wants to set us free. And there's so much freedom in him. And I just pray over this church that he is breaking strongholds in our lives, generational curses in our lives. And we don't have to be afraid of it. 
We don't have to be afraid of the after effects and the pain that we might feel. Because he, if he's, if he's faithful to break the chains, he's faithful to clean us up after. And he's just so good. What Elle doesn't know is that two weeks ago, uh, I was standing up here worshiping and I leaned over to Jason and it's like I could feel chains behind me. And they were interwoven through, they were just like interwoven. And the chains breaking has been a theme of the Holy Spirit. He's been talking to me about it. And this morning, before we come up and, and receive the communion elements, um, Sid had a prophetic song. I don't want to miss a thing. I don't want to miss out. And there was, a, there was a picture that the Lord was showing me this morning. And all morning long, I've been like, do I share it? Don't I share it? Do I share it? Don't I share it? And I felt like it was for someone specific. But I also feel like I'm, I'm supposed to share it. And it kind of ties together the word about chains breaking and the, the prophetic song of I don't want to miss a thing. The picture the Lord showed me was a Christmas tree. I'm not a great theologian, but I can explain the Trinity to my children, and I can use the example of the Christmas tree. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three points of the Christmas tree. One tree, three points. And the picture the Lord showed me was that his people, some of his people, okay, before I go, I decorate a Christmas tree each year with eight children, okay? The ornaments come, and they all go in like one spot or two spots. Then I got to take them, and I have to redistribute them. And the Lord told me this morning, my people are missing they're missing things. They're missing out on all that I have for them. Because you have these people who just keep putting the ornaments on the Holy Spirit. They just spend all their time talking about the Spirit, reading about the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, the prophetic words, the prophetic ministries are out there. Every time you talk to them, all they talk about is the Spirit. Then you have people who are just putting all their ornaments on the Jesus tip of the tree. And they just want to talk about Jesus and how kind and how loving he is. And it's like, are you reading the Gospels? Because, ooh, he was so kind and he was so loving that he brought some truths for us that are hard. He brought them so that we'd be free from our chains, the chains of sin. He came to bring life. But you got people just putting all the ornaments on there. And God the Father is way up high. And this morning, I mean, he just showed me this picture. And this morning, as we were worshiping and singing, you deserve it all. We give you the highest praise. And I had this picture of dance. We're a dance family. It was, I never thought that would happen, but we just are. And I had this picture of just this beautiful dance. And the dancers were going around this tree. And ribbons were just being placed beautifully around the tree. And ornaments were just everywhere. Lights wasn't a single hole. It was beautiful. And it was all that it was meant to be. It was missing nothing. It wasn't unbalanced in any way. So church, the encouragement this morning is test yourselves. Ask yourselves, am I seeing God 
rightly? Am I coming boldly into his presence? Am I really reading the good news of the Gospels? Am I really chewing on all that God is bringing before me? Because when our prayer is, Lord, I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss anything. Show me, God. Open my eyes. When we lay ourselves before the Lord in that way, chains break. Chains begin to fall. The power of the Holy Spirit, the love of God the Father, the blood and the body of Jesus broken. And we walk in then freedom, in this beautiful beautiful God who loves us. So at this time, I'm just going to release you guys to come up. We're going to partake in the body and the blood of Christ. The, the, the elements on the plate are gluten-free, and um, you can just come up and take your elements and um, hold on to them because we're going to partake of them together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to read out of 1 Corinthians in chapter 11. The title here says, Examine Yourself. I'm pretty sure that's what I just said. (laughs) I love that. Examine ourselves. In verse 27, it says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Father, I thank you. I thank you that I would rather be chastened by your loving hand than come under the condemnation of the world of sickness and death of an economy that you sent your son to destroy. And now, Father, we walk in faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let our eyes behold you rightly. Father, Son, and Spirit. Word and truth. Be Lord over our our hearts this morning, over our lives this morning as we partake. Thank you, Jesus. Also in 1 Corinthians 11, it says... For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. 
This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let's continue to worship the Lord. I just have a real sense this morning that the Father wants to minister to Father wounds. To those people who have lost their father or those who were like a father. He would say to you that I am the Father who never leaves, never forsakes. And that the goodness of your father was, was all just to show you the goodness of your heavenly father. And for those of you whose father is abused and neglected and didn't protect you, the Lord would say, I have always been with you. And you stand here today in my presence because I was with you. I have kept you and I have brought you to this place to love and be loved. For that is how I formed you, what I formed you for, to love and to be loved. I have kept you always and I will always keep you. The Father, the Father is speaking to hearts this morning. And he would say to those of you who are being abused, who are being attacked, he would say, I am your defender. I am your keeper, says the Lord. Don't get in your car. Don't go out to that place without me. Surround yourself with my word. I am your great defender, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that you are the healer of our hearts. There's no place in us, Father, that you don't know. Father, and I just thank you this morning, Lord, that you just encouraged us to examine. And then you led us into a song of surrender. And a song of faith. Because how else, Lord, can we be still? How else, Lord, can we... Can we worship and trust that you will rise up and defend us? You will be our defender. You will be our father. You are our father. How can we walk in it but by faith? Thank you, Father. Thank you this morning, Father, for how you've led us into your presence. And I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to reveal yourself to us. 
as father, as a good, good father, powerful defender, safe place, keeper of all of your promises, lover of our souls. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. It's it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, church, we're going to go into a time of greeting, of encouraging one another. If this is your first time with us, I welcome you. Um, It's always wonderful to worship with uh, new people. On the back of the chairs, there's a connection card. Um, It is there that you can uh, give us some information about yourself. You can fill in as little or as much as you like, but we do like to know, like, hey, you were here and you were new. Um, Those cards go into the offering buckets, which will be up front here. Um, You can bring your tithes and offerings during the break um, joyfully. Uh, And also, if you are a guest and you have kids... Kid Corner is located right over here, and we have guest bags for your children. If you're an ECF kid, you know your, your you know the drill, you know your bag. Um, so let's just take some time to greet one another and encourage one another. Good morning. Going to go over some announcements. Our young adult small group will be held at 6 p.m. in the Rose Center this Tuesday. There's going to be a worship night at Conduit Ministries in Jamestown. That's Sydney's home church. Um, She's going to be leading a worship night on the 29th of October at 7 p.m. Really encourage you guys to go out to that if you're able to. It's going to be really, really great. And lastly, still need volunteers for the nursery. We need at least nine, hopefully more. Um, So just continue to pray about that, and if God's leading you to serve in that way, definitely encourage you. All right, maybe you guys don't know. Pastor Jason's on his way home from Virginia. He's not homesick or anything. I realize maybe I should have said that earlier. Um, He was down in Virginia at, like, a leadership training, something awesome that he's great at. And um, he had a decent time, broke his phone, a little bit of... Yeah. So you don't realize how attached you are to your phone until it goes flying off your car and gets shattered. And then suddenly you're just like, (gasps) so, um, but God is good and he got that fixed. So, um, yeah, so he's on his way home today and we're excited to see them. He left on Wednesday and he comes home today and, um, yeah, we're all excited for him to come home. Maggie May has been counting down the days. Uh, (laughs) so, um, I have a scripture here, uh, for the offering. We're going to pray over the offering. Uh, this morning. Out of Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it says, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. I know we say this often, but you can't outgive God. When you're really walking with him, you can't outgive God. Um, There was Jason, uh, I don't need to tell you this, but Jason just has a generous heart. It comes easy to him. Doesn't come as easy to me or it hasn't. And I've learned so much from him on how to be generous. Um, And there was a time we were living in the mobile home and we just didn't have, we had a lot of kids coming and we just didn't have a lot of extra for extra things. 
And um, someone, we had an organization that was here, and they were, like, selling purses and bags and bracelets, and it was to help women who were rescued. And I was out there holding a baby, and um, I'm looking, and there's just this purse. And I'm just like, oh, I love this purse. And this is good for a good reason. And it was $50. And at that time, and just in general, that's a lot of money for me to spend on a purse. But I just felt like I was supposed to do it. And it was hard for me to do it. But I just was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And so I bought that purse with my own $50. And I was so excited. And I had that purse in my hand for exactly 27 seconds. And the Lord said to me, it's not for you. (laughs) What? Excuse me? It's not for you. I was like, you've got this. You're talking to the wrong person. I went back and forth with the Lord. I struggled. I struggled with this um, because I struggled to even buy the purse for myself. I thought it was for myself, and it was hard to buy it for myself. And now you want me to part with the $50 and not have the purse that I, that I like, think is phenomenal. And so I, I went so far as to get to the car with the purse. I'm holding tightly to what I have, right? I get in the car, and Jason's in the car with the kids, and I sit down, and he looks, and he's like, what's wrong? I was like, hold on. I was like, okay, just stay here. I'll be right back. So, and I knew the Lord specifically told me who the purse was for, which once I got that piece of information, it did help me. So I came in with tears in my eyes. And classic Liz, I'm just like brutally honest, right? I just stand in front of this person. I was like, this purse is for you. I thought it was for me, but it's for you. It's really hard to give, for me to give it to you. But it's definitely for you because I've been talking with God about it for like 15 whole minutes. And this is for you. He wants you to have it. And as soon as I, like, made up my mind from the car on, oh, the relief, like, get into obedience, girl. Open up, like, loosen the grip. And so I gave her the purse, and I got in the car, and we went home. On Tuesday morning, the phone rings, and it is Tasha Parnell, who used to come to the church, um, who I love and miss. Um, And she was like, hey, a friend is moving, and she's got, like, a brand-new side-by-side refrigerator would you, she wants to bless someone with it. Would you guys need that? I have been living with a broken down fridge, six kids, can't see the food. I mean, we needed a fridge, like we needed a fridge bad. And I just knew in that moment, the Lord said, open up your hands, Liz, open up your hands and let what comes in flow out. And I will bring you all that you need. My hands needed to be open so I could give and so also so I could receive. And it was such a lesson to me. It was such a lesson to me. And it helped me to grow. It helped me to grow in not generosity so much as in trusting the Lord enough to be generous, right? Trusting in his provision enough so that I can give freely, knowing he gives freely to me. I'm going to want for nothing. So I just am thankful for the word. I'm thankful for good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Let's pray over the offering. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Father, that you're faithful. You're so good to us. You're so gentle as you teach us. You're so good, Father. And I just pray blessing over um, each gift this morning, each tithe, each offering, and each giver. Lord God, I thank you that you are a great provider. 
and that in you we lack no good thing, Father God. I thank you and I praise you for it, Lord. Let these funds be used to build your kingdom, Father, to meet the needs of those in need, Father God, um, and just to do your will here on earth, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so I'm very excited to pass the mic off. Uh, I feel like I've been up here all morning. Um, Sorry, guys. Uh, So excited to have Jeremy and Jocelyn and Cohen in the house this morning. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. These guys are some of my favorite people because you get them in a restaurant or you get them over to your house and they laugh. We just laugh together. We talk about the word we talk about the like amazing stories. I can't wait for you to hear some of the things that have been going on with them. We talk about the Lord, but we laugh so much, and we talk loud, and we always eat dessert. I mean, and it just feels like when we fellowship together, life is abundant. Laughter is abundant. You know, dessert is abundant, and we just... We just enjoy them so much. And when, when they minister, gosh, you just get filled up. I always say this. It's like you just plug in and your faith just goes, and it's phenomenal. So, Jeremy, come on up and, and minister. Love you. Praise God. Abundant dessert. Amen. <laughs> Everybody say, I'm leaving different. Say, I'm leaving better. Amen. We're not just here to clock time, are we? We're here to hear from God and to leave different. Lord, we thank you for today. I thank you for the honor of being back at ECF, Lord. I thank you for my friends, my family, Father, these people that you've caused our paths to cross for your plan and purpose, and we're grateful for it, Lord. Father, do your thing today, Father. Do what you want done, Lord. Say what you want said, Father. Be glorified in this place. Accomplish what you want accomplished in every life. Answer questions, Father. We ask you to turn around even impossible situations. That which is impossible for man is an easy thing for you. We thank you for it today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Good to be with you guys. I missed you guys. We spent a lot of time together this summer, right? Good to be back. Amen. Amen. How many know Jesus is alive? Uh, Liz had mentioned, you know, some stuff going on recently. Uh, Jocelyn and I and Cohen, my, my daughter Eden is out in, at Rama going to Bible school, and Jocelyn and I and Cohen had, uh, there's a Korean church that meets in Ashtabula, and the Korean peninsula has been on our heart for a long time. Uh, we've been just, you know, we pray for them, and you know, I believe it's always, now it's close, one and two, the most oppressive country to the gospel is either Afghanistan or North Korea. They're, they're right there, one and two. You know, they're right, they're right close. And two places that are on our heart. Korea's always been on our heart. Something I learned from spending a lot of time ministering in Russia was that after the Soviet Union fell, uh, there was a, 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 a vacuum, a window opened, and, and there was a great opportunity for the gospel. And the people that I worked with, my first trip wasn't until 2009, but a lot of the people that I worked with, like like bishops and pastors and leaders that had uh, planted churches, a lot of them were born again right at that time, right when the Soviet Union fell and then it was the country was open to the gospel. And there was a great opportunity. So I've always kept that in mind as we've prayed for North Korea, that if, uh, you know, when, not if, but when that time comes, you know, that kind of oppression can't last forever, you know. And when that time comes, there's going to be an opportunity. So we always pray in line of that. We're always interested in that. So there's a Korean church that meets in, uh, in Ashtabula. 
and we heard that they did a morning prayer service. And so we, I went and introduced myself to the pastor, and I said, hey, can we join you for prayer? And he said, sure, you know, 6 a.m., 6 to 7. I said, great, sounds good. So we came. They meet uh, Tuesday through Saturday, and it's not just prayer. They have a service. He preaches a half hour. They pray for a half hour. They sing a couple songs. They, they do this from, from 6 a.m., or, or excuse me, from Tuesday through Saturday, they have a service at 6 a.m., <laughs> amen. <laughs> and I, so I start talking. I mean, this, I've, you know, I've, I, this, I've been around in the church world. I've never heard of anything like this. I get talking to them. In Korea, some of the church, they don't just do it, you know, like they don't take Monday off. They do it seven days a week. They do it before their Sunday service. And some of the churches meet at three or four in the morning, <laughs> amen, and have a full service. And uh I was, it's just been great. So for a few weeks now, we've been going with him, you know, and, and then, you know, he had me preach a couple times for him and stuff. So, you know, between, like if I'm home during the week and not, and then, you know, on the weekends, we can't be with him, but then we go in the morning and go and pray with him. So South Korea, uh, per capita, sends out the most missionaries of any nation. We send out more missionaries, but our population is much higher. But per capita, they send out the most missionaries. They also have the lar- all the largest churches in the world, largest Methodist church, largest Assembly of God church, largest church period, largest church that's ever been, all in South Korea. So I think we could learn something from these guys, amen. But isn't it amazing what a case study, what, what the gospel will do? You've got this line that was just arbitrarily drawn across the peninsula, you know, right after the war, in World War II, and you've got just the same people, a lot of them family members, and you've got the most oppressed country in the in the world and you've got the most flourish the place where the gospel is flourishing the most in the entire world right there what how powerful is this gospel that we preach amen how powerful is the life of god that you can see what it could do i mean what a great case study what a great you know if you were to take you know i think about a lab experiment and to take you know two different animals and give them the same exact thing and introduce one element to one of them all the other things being the same that's korea introduce the gospel you know all other things being the same and look what the gospel could do in a place somebody say amen so we can learn some things from them. I've been, it was great. We, we, uh, I, I've been teaching on prayer, and I've been thinking a lot about prayer. We'll talk about that a little bit this morning. A lot of stuff going on, but I think these people, they put a priority on prayer, and uh, they, it, it matters to them. I was talking to the pastor. I said, well, what's your schedule look like? He says, well, I get up at 3, and I pray for an hour, and then I prepare my message from 4 to 5, and then, you know, he gets ready and comes and does his service at 6. When his 6 a.m. service starts, he all, he's already got three hours in, man. <laughs> That's pretty, already three hours of ministry work in. Now, not everybody's morning people, right? Jesus stayed up all night sometimes, but... The idea is, man, we could all find some time to do something for the Lord. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles, go to 1 Kings. So we've been up to, I got some other testimonies about services and stuff, but I wanted to share with you a little bit about South Koreans and how they do church. Amen. Uh, 1 Kings, excuse me, 1 Kings. Did I say Corinthians? I meant Kings. 1 Kings chapter 18 and you could just turn there, and we'll get to it in a minute. Stick your finger in there, open it on your lap, whatever. Press the buttons that get you there. Unroll your papyrus scroll. First Kings 18, and going to talk about the story of Elijah. And uh, there's some messed up stuff going on in the world today, isn't there? You don't necessarily need to say amen to that, but we could identify it. There's some chaos going on. 
and it's not the first time. I don't know if you realize this or not, but the world has been a bad neighborhood pretty much since the fall of man. You know, pretty much since sin entered the world, the world has been a difficult place. Uh, things have been kind of crazy. I know within our lifetime, within recent history, we could see that things have gotten troublesome and, and we can see this flight towards the end times that we're on and we're approaching the coming of Jesus soon, amen, and rejoicing in that. Uh, but things have been kind of crazy. Things, there's crazy stuff going on. Uh, I, there, this story here of for, in 1 Kings, there was also some crazy things going on. There was confusion even among God's chosen people as to who God was. Even among the Israelites, there was confusion. Well, who is God? Is it Baal? Is it Jehovah? Who really is God? And there was this confusion, and there was this strange religion, this, this Baal worship that was going on. And these, they were worshiping idols. Uh, they, they, you know, they were, they, we see in the, when, as the story plays out, many of you know the story that they built these altars, and then these prophets of Baal are crying out to their false God, they're crying out to Bill. They're cutting themselves with stones. Some people think, that, or with knives. Some people think that's a new thing. Cutting has been around apparently since at least First Kings. You know, so they're they're cutting themselves with knives. It's part of their religion. You think that would be a red flag right there? Off the, you know, it's part. It's not just a dysfunction. It's part of their religious practice. They're cutting themselves with knives to get their God's attention. Aren't you glad that's not required of us today? Somebody say Amen. And and they're and. This is all happening, all because there was this confusion about who God is. Now, all the problems that we're having in the world, all the problems that are going on, all the problems that have ever gone on in this world have always come down to this one thing. It's really one problem, and the problem is a lack of revelation in who God is. Somebody say amen. There's a lot of symptoms, but there's only one problem. It's not a political problem. It's not a, you know, whatever. It's not a, it's not a, a oppressive government problem. It's not a, even a sin problem. It's not a violence problem. These are all symptoms, and we all know sometimes you got to treat symptoms. you got to deal with symptoms, you know. They're there, and you got to deal with them. But, but those are just all symptoms of, the, of one problem. Everybody say one problem. And it's the revelation of God problem. Who is God? Is there a God? Who is, you know, what's God's plan? Who is, you know, is, and then we could get, you know, it all comes down to who God is, a revelation of God. And then you could say, well, a revelation of God through his word, through his son Jesus. But it's one problem. Everybody say it again, one problem. And this was the problem, this thing that was going on within the, Isra you know, within the Israelite people. Who's God? They, they, were, they were confused about it. They were confused about what his plan was, that who he was, how to worship him. Does he even, you know, like now you would go, there's the same, same thing. Whenever you see all these symptoms going on, it's always the same problem. Who's God? Does he exist? There is no God. The Bible's not the word of God. It's always the same problem. Amen. There's an answer to the problem, isn't there? Everybody say there's an answer. So, you know the story. God directs Elijah, and he tells him to build an altar, and he gives him this, this you know, lays it in his heart, this plan. And he says, Elijah, you build an altar. You tell the prophets of Baal to build an altar. You have them pray to their gods. We'll play, we'll, you pray to me. Amen. We'll, take, we'll work together, you know. And God solves this problem. So we pick this up in... Uh, 18 in verse 36, and it says, at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant 
and I have done all these things at your words. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water, uh, the water that was in the trench. I'll just stop right there. I love that prayer, man. That's a prayer we could pray today. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Lord, you know, we're doing this at your word. Let it be known that we're your people and we're doing this at your word. I love that. That they may know that you're God. But God, see, there's a lot. I love how he solved the problem. You know, I said there's one problem, but thank God, God is a problem solver, isn't he? <laughs> amen. And he said, uh, you know, God had this plan, and there's a lot of ways, I guess you could have, there's a lot of ways you could go about doing it. He didn't say, now here's what you do. You set up some tables, and you have some debates with these prophets of Baal, and they bring their good points, and you bring your good points, and they bring their documents, and you bring the, the, you know, your documents, and you sit out there, and you, and you make your case, and, and I'll help you make your case. That's one way that it could be done. I guess you know, there's a place for that at times. Or he didn't say, now here's what I want you to do, Elijah. I just want you to be really nice. And I want you to walk in love so much that they just see. How many know we should walk in love? Everybody say amen. We should walk in love. But, you know, that wasn't the plan. That wasn't the route that God, that God went. You know, Elijah, I just want you to be a servant. Let them see you're such a servant. There's something that God wanted to do. Uh, God wanted himself to be seen in this situation. God wanted to be seen, not just Elijah, or not even just what God could do through Elijah. God wanted himself to be seen in this situation because really the only way, the only place where God is really seen is where the ability of man ends. Isn't that right? The only place where God is really seen is where is what in what's impossible for man. That's where you see God. How many of you know God wants to be seen in this day? See, there is a way to clear up this argument. There is a way to clear up all this confusion. Who is God? Who's his son? Is the Bible the word of God? And that way to clear up all that confusion is to let God be seen, amen. And there's a lot of ways he can be seen. But he's always seen where the ability of man ends, where, where thank God, where, where, where there's, you know, man says there is no answer to that situation, but then God comes in and brings an answer, amen. Thank God, I, God, I think that this is something right now that we're talking about, everything going on in the world, everything going on in this nation, amen. God needs to be seen here, amen. And how's he gonna be seen? He's gonna be seen through you and he's gonna be seen through me. He's gonna be seen through his people just like he's always been, amen. But it's not gonna be just us doing something for him, Amen. The gospel plan was never for us to go out and do something for God. The plan was always for us to go out and do something with God. And the part that God does is the part that's impossible for man. Amen. The plan's never been Elijah. Now, now see, Elijah, here's what I'm talking about. Elijah, he could do some things with God. There was a partnership going on here. Elijah, he said some words. He set up the meeting. He told the prophets of Baal, here's what we're gonna do. He built the altar. He spoke some things that God told him to speak. But at the end of the day, Elijah himself did not possess the capacity to bring fire down from heaven. Only God could do that. And in that, God was seen. 
And see, that's a component that every one of us needs to have in our life, that part where, yeah, I know that person, man. They say they believe God, but this thing that happened to them, they say they're a Christian, they go to church, this thing that happened to them, there's no way that any man could do that. There's no way that that could happen. No man could do these miracles unless God be with him. Praise God, we gotta be those kind of believers today. Somebody say amen. God needs a people like that, amen. God needs a people like that. He needs you, praise God. He wants to move like that through you. So there's so much going on today. I just felt on my heart to share some testimonies and some things that uh, along these lines of God's miracle power, so much stuff going on. I was ministering in March in um, South Carolina And my brother, who lives in Virginia, and his wife, my sister-in-law, had come and met us. We were doing a miracle miracle service down there over a weekend in in Greenville, North Carolina, South Carolina. And my brother and my sister-in-law came to the service, and she had just got the vaccine. And she she's a nurse; she had to get it. She just got it, and you know they told her to get it for all that lot going on with that. I'm not. This is not a political statement, but there's something I want to get into something else here for a minute. She got it, you know, she wished she didn't afterwards. She got real sick. She got real sick. She, her arm was, you know, all the, all the stuff, you know, a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on in her body. Not only that, but uh, her, her period stopped. Like, she's young, she's, she's 30, she just turned 30. It stopped, and it stopped for like three months, okay? <laughs> three months. And, you know, no other reason, never happened to her before, just unusual, you know, just like, okay, so she comes down to this service, and uh, she's distraught. She had, a lot of, she had a lot of sickness and stuff like that right after she got it, fever and all that kind of stuff. That passed, that went, she was out of the woods. But this other thing, it never started again. The female stuff never kicked back in. But she walked into the service, and she asked for prayer for that. This has been like several months. We prayed for her in a night service, in the service, and that night, everything got right, and everything, like she walked out of the service, had to go to a, had to go to a drugstore, all right? I'm a, you get it. We're all a lot of adults in here. All right, so, <laughs> amen. Aren't you glad that God's greater than side effects? Somebody say amen. And the hand of God was seen in that. I'm not talking politics. I'm just talking about God wants to help people. Amen. Uh, praise God. He, God needs to be seen in this day. We're a people of God. The God of Elijah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's our God. Everybody say, he's my God. The God that parted the Red Sea and, and raised Lazarus from the dead, he's our God. I don't know that, th- that we can look forward to things on the, in the world getting any better, but I want you to know this. The promises of God remain the same. Amen. And God is not, the church is not going to go out beaten. We're not going to be driven out. God said, amen, we're not going to be forced out, but we're going to continue to stand on the promises. We're going to continue to flourish in what God's called us to do right up until the very last moment, amen. And we need to keep this before us, praise God. You know, God, Jesus said, on, on this rock I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Not in the early church, not in the middle church, not in the late church, not in the end times church. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church of God, amen. 
But bless God, we gotta think like the people of God. We gotta act like the people of God. We gotta not live like atheists, amen. (laughs) We gotta not live like there is no God. We gotta not make our decisions like there is no God. But we gotta live our lives like the God of the Bible is really the God that lives in our house, amen. Is really the God that lives in our heart. Is really the God that works in our bodies and works in our finances and works in our minds, amen. So the God needs to be seen But praise God, he needs to be seen through us. If he's not seen through the church, he's not gonna do it all by himself. You know, people I hear sometimes preaching that says, well, you know, this next move of God, it's gonna be, you know, there's not gonna be any man involved. It's not gonna be any man. God's just gonna blow in and do it himself. He's never done it like that. You've got no scripture to back up that shows you that he'll ever do it like that. There is something that God had on his heart when he created mankind. He wanted a friend. He wanted a co-labor. He wanted a partner. He wanted somebody who worked with him. If God wanted to do it for himself, he never would have put us on the earth. He never would have created us. He never would have taken that dust and breathe the breath of God into us. No, God wanted a partner. He wanted a, he wanted a co-labor. He wanted somebody that he could work with. And that's going to be his plan right up until the end. Amen. Say, I'm one that God could work with. Funny thing is, when I stood up here, I was thinking, yeah, I'm just going to teach a little bit. I'm not going to get too excited. I don't know what happened. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Everybody say, I'm a partner with God. No, this end time move is not gonna be God alone. It's never been God alone. On Mount Carmel, there was an Elijah. He could have done it another way, but he didn't. When the Red Sea was parted, there was a Moses. He could have done it another way, but he didn't. In the book of Acts, he could have just said, watch what I do next, but he sent his spirit. He came to live inside of his people, and he sent them out. And the Bible says that everywhere they went, God worked with them. Everybody say he worked with them. God worked with them, confirming the word with the signs that accompany it, amen. God needs a partner. He needs a partner in Erie, Pennsylvania. He needs a partner in the United States. He needs a partner in your workplace. He needs a partner in your family. He needs a partner in your neighborhood, amen. He needs somebody who will work with him. He needs somebody who will say, here I am, use me, praise God. And that's how God is seen. He wants to be seen. Everybody say, God wants to be seen, I heard this one minister say, God's not a hide-and-seek God, but he's a show-and-tell God. (laughs) Two childhood games, you know, (laughs) hide-and-seek and 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 show-and-tell. Some people think he's hide-and-seek. He's hiding out, and he doesn't want to be seen. He's keeping a low profile. I don't know. That's not the God I see in the Bible. The God I see in the Bible is more of a show-and-tell God. hes I mean, if you're raising the dead, and you're parting seas, and you're sending fire from heaven, you're not trying to keep a low profile, amen? And the Bible says there's no shadow of turning with him. He's the same today. He hasn't changed, amen. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, praise God. I was ministering in another southern state. And, uh, you know, I don't remember which stories I shared before. I might have shared this. We're just talking about God being seen. And I was doing a Friday night healing service at this pastor's church. And he came up, a miracle service, and he came up and he said, we need a miracle. There's a young man in the church, he got a a young girl pregnant, and and she wants to have an abortion, and he's broken up about it. He doesn't want that, you know. He he's it's a it's a conflicting thing. It's it's he's he's tore up about it. We need God to help. 
And I said, all right, let's pray. In front of the church, I said, let's all pray together. No names were mentioned or anything. I said, let's pray for this young man. Let's pray for this situation. We asked for God to move. We said, God, open our eyes. That was a Friday night. I drove then to, a, uh, to another state to do a meeting, drove Saturday, you know, slept that night and there, drove Saturday. I was in Georgia Sunday morning getting up for a church service and to preach there, and I get a phone call, and it's the pastor from that church where I ministered Friday night. He said, you gotta hear this. It's early in the morning Sunday before the service. He says, you gotta hear this. He said, the young woman and young man who we prayed for, she went to the abortion clinic to get the abortion. I don't know that much about the procedure, but apparently what she was going, that it was a two-pill procedure, and, and the one was supposed to, you know, terminate the pregnancy, as they say, and the second one was like to do something else, and, and it was a two-pill procedure. And so he said, she went to the clinic, and he was there, and she went in, and she took the first pill, and he said, for some reason, it didn't work. It just didn't do what it was supposed to do. It didn't work. It just malfunctioned. Are you hearing me this morning? And at that moment, she came to her senses, and she said, what am I doing? She said, I don't want to do this. I want to raise this child with you. And she walked out of the place. Amen. Hallelujah. I was just down in that same area just a few months ago, and I saw a picture of that young man. It's been about four, a few years now, I guess. I don't even know exactly how many, but doing great, doing well, amen. <laughs> Happy family, all of them together. Uh, do we serve, doesn't that sound like God? Do we serve a God for whom nothing is impossible? Do we serve a God for whom nothing's too difficult, amen? Thank God, that young man, again, this isn't, that wasn't a political statement either. The young man was in a difficult situation. I've known people who've had things, you know, who've, who've had heartbreaking situations. Who've, I, I was ministering down in, in Augusta, Georgia, and I, could, I, I felt impressed to minister on God healing the brokenhearted one night. And this young man was there, excuse, or excuse me, he, there was a young guy who was there whose nephew had just been killed, 18 years old. His nephew had just been killed in a car accident the night before, and I did not know that. I did not know anything about that. And I felt specifically impressed to pray for people that night who uh, were dealing with God, broken hearts, that God was the healer of the brokenhearted, dealing with emotional difficulty. The man came down, and uh, we prayed for him, and then he, we said, who's got a testimony afterwards? Then he tells us what I just told you, that he just lost his nephew, who he had raised. His nephew lived with him, and he just lost him the night before. And he said, I don't know how to explain it. I, I was not going to come today, but I was so distraught that I just needed something. And he says, when you prayed, it just lifted off of me. He goes, as soon as you prayed, it just lifted off. And he's like, I, you know, of course, there would just be the, I still miss him. He goes, but that overwhelming grief, he said, God just has set me free from it. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. I mean, does that sound like God? See, we're not in, I like to say this all the time, we're not in sales, we're not in business, nothing wrong with sales, nothing wrong with business, but that's not what this is, this is something else. We're the people of God, amen. We're talking about the God who created the heavens and the earth. God is not our invention, we're God's invention, amen. <laughs> we didn't come up with this idea of God. He came up with this idea of man. He is almighty and there is nothing too hard for him and he wants to be seen in this place today. He wants to be seen in this nation. He wants to be seen in your life for who he is. He's not a philosophy. He's not an idea. He's not an outlook on life. He's not just another way of looking at things. He is not one religion among many. He is the only God that's ever been. He's the only God that ever will be. And he's the God that we serve, amen. Hallelujah. 
This is a little different than what I had in mind, but amen. <laughs> Let's give him praise this morning. Amen. Glory to you, Lord. Glory to you. Uh, when I was in college, I uh, had a friend who committed suicide, and, and he was a friend of ours, and, and it was a tragedy. A lot of things went on in his life. He had had a lot of hard things in his life, and thank God he knew Jesus, you know. Thank God he's born again. I believe for sure he's in heaven today. Kenneth Hagin, one of my mentors, used to say, you know, people think, oh, when somebody commits suicide, they, they go to hell. That's not true. You could be sick in your body and die. You could also be sick in your mind. You could be oppressed, and you could still be born again. Amen. And so it was a sad story, though. And uh, after the funeral, we were, we were at the house. I was back at, uh, at the house, the family's house, and we were all talking. I went to high school with a couple of them. You know, we all were friends. And, and her, his brother, the guy who had passed, his brother shared a story. He said, you know, when I was, uh, I forget how old they said they were, like 11, 12. You know, it was a big family. <laughs> he said, when I was 11 or 12, he said, his brother, I jumped on him. He said, I jumped off a table and I jumped, he was laying on the ground and I jumped on him and dropped my knees right onto his chest and boom, like he said, I, hurt, I mean, they were wild kids, you know. And they said, hurt him. And he said, um, we, he, you know, as far, they didn't describe it. He said, you know, he just wasn't breathing, nothing. He was not moving. I went and called my parents. His dad was a believer. His dad came in and grabbed him and started praying for him. And all of a sudden, he kind of came to himself, you know. And then he said, uh, you know, he said he, he just came back and he was all right. But they were really, you know, alarmed when, when, they, when they prayed for him. Looked like he had passed or was at least unconscious, you know. I mean, something really bad had happened. He came back through prayer. Now, this is just a side note. It said, weirdest thing. He said, after this happened, you know, I don't know. He said, they said his clothes were like a shade lighter. They said, I don't know how to describe it. It was like the clothes, just like you'd watched them 10 times. You know, all of a sudden they're just like a shade lighter. Uh, you know, hey man, God did something. But he said this. He said, after that, that, we're in his bedroom that night. They shared a bedroom, these two brothers. And he said, man, he said, I thought you were a goner. You know, we were scared. And he said, man, weird thing happened. He said, I passed, he goes, I, 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 when I was out, when I was gone, I had, I saw my funeral, he said. And he described it to him. And he described the people that would be there. The weird part was, he said, he said mom and dad were there on the front row. Well, that's odd for a child to see their parents at, at a funeral, right, you know. But he described that at 11 years old. He told it to his brother, right? And so his brother, he's sitting there and he's at the, he's at the funeral. We're at the house, you know, and he said, man, he goes, I'm telling you, William, his name was, he described this to me. Let me interject this. I don't believe that any of what happened to him, it was like destined that he would die young and that his parents would be there. The Lord could show you things, but I, I've heard stories. Hear me today. I've heard stories where the Lord has shown people things like different things, but yet they went to prayer and turned it around and it never happened like that. Are you hearing me today? I wanted to take an opportunity to say that and to interject that. Just because he saw it doesn't mean it was carved in stone and that it couldn't be any other way. You know, the Bible talks about people that had days added to them and other people that their days were shortened. So apparently there's not like a set time carved in stone that, that cannot be changed. Amen. Remember that. Amen. Remember that. So even though he had that vision, I, I don't believe at that point that, that, that there was no way that it could be. I think a lot of things, times we see things in the spirit, God could show us things. And unless something changes, that's how it's going to be. 
I mean, Lester Summerall used to tell the story of he saw himself in a casket if he didn't go into ministry, but he went into ministry, and then along years and years down the road, he died as a very old man, you know, after reaching the world. But as a teenager, he saw himself, and he saw his funeral in a casket. He had a vision of that, but God turned it around. Now, I believe it was like that, but yet there's this other element. This is the real reason I wanted to share that story. That was for free, amen? That was for free. <laughs> so he tells the story first, you know, uh, you know, he, this, he jumps on his brother, knocks the wind out of him, he's unconscious, calls the father, father comes in, prays, he comes back, then he has this vision, and he tells the story to us, we're all, all at the funeral, and we're just shaking our heads like, man, that's incredible, and he says, man, he says, we're Pentecostal, he says, I grew up Pentecostal, he goes, that's just a normal story, amen, <laughs> somebody say amen, he's like, that's just a normal story, Right, Brother Paul? That's just a normal story, man. People being raised up, people being healed, people being having visions, dreaming dreams. We ought to look like the people of God, amen. Well, now he said that because his grandmother, I met his grandmother before she passed and went to be with the Lord. She was old school Pentecostal, like hair up in a bun, long skirt, like, you know, like old holiness Pentecostal, right? And she, she, I loved it about her. She played the electric guitar, not because like, you know, she thought it was cool, but because she was meeting a need in her church, you know? She learned the electric guitar and she'd rock out, man. She'd jam out on the electric guitar. 80 years old, she was playing the electric guitar, you know? So, in her bun and the whole deal. So anyways, you know, not trying to be cool, just like, Lord, I'm a servant. Whatever you have me do, I'll do. Give me the electric guitar, man. I'm going to rock that fender, you know? So praise God. So, you know, she, uh, I met her. She was a powerful woman of God. She was born again in an Ernest Angley tent meeting. Anybody in Pennsylvania ever hear of Ernest Angley? Brother Paul, me and Brother Paul, that's it. <laughs> Amen. He was a wild guy, man. I used to, as a kid, see him doing healing meetings on TV. He was weird, man. I mean, in his, in his way he did things, but he got results. And I'd see him get miracles on TV as a kid. I remember being just, just mesmerized by it. He'd pray for deaf people, and they'd leave here. And he had a ministry in Akron, Ohio. That's where his ministry was. This woman was saved in one of his tent meetings in the 1960s, okay? And so I, know, I, I, I preach for a pastor now out in Painesville, Ohio. He's an old-timer. One time he had a woman in his church who was deaf. He drove down to Akron, took her to the meeting. She came back hearing. God opened up her ears. Amen. Yeah, hallelujah. So this guy, Ernest Angley, you know, he, he, uh, she got born again in one of his tent meetings, and God would use her. Two times in her life, she woke up in the middle of the night, and God gave her a phone number, gave her a phone number, and she called somebody on the phone, just called the number that God gave her, and it was somebody about to commit suicide, and she led him to the Lord and talked him out of it. Two times, amen. You talk about, like, you know, there is no margin of error in a phone number, like, as far as, like, you know, hearing from God. It's like all or nothing, you know. You've got to get every number. It can't be like, you know, it seems like the Lord is saying this. No, you've got to have, you know, 440-261, you know. Amen. So I was impressed with her, to say the least. But, amen, Pentecost, you know, he said, this was something that I wanted to just mention. He said, you know, hey, man, I was raised Pentecostal. This is just another story. How many of you got stories like that? Raise your hands. Yeah, amen. How many of you think we need some more stories like that today? How many think God wants to give some stories like that? Amen. How many of you know that there's still some stories to be written? This book isn't finished yet. There's still some chapters that need to be written. There's still some stories that need to be told. There's still some adventures with God that need to be lived. And I want 
want you to know it's not for somebody else. It's for you here this morning. It's for ECF. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is your God. He's not some God from some other time or some other place. He's the God that lives inside of you, and he's a miracle worker today. I worked with another of Is this helping anybody? Say amen. I, cause amen. I worked with an evangelist by the name of David Horton, and he was fifth generation Pentecostal, man. I mean, he, you know, <laughs> went back to pre-Azusa that he had people that were filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, down in, in the church of God. And, and, and I, God supernaturally connected me with him. I never heard of him before in my life. The Lord spoke to me, gave me, you know, like just connected me with him. Super. I worked with him for a few years as an associate evangelist. And he told a story that one time he met R.W. Schombach. Anybody ever hear of him? He was a, he was a 10 evangelist too. And, and he had met R.W. Schombach. And R.W. Schombach, his headquarters, later in his life, his headquarters were in Texas, but uh, he was in Tulsa taking care of some business, and he worked with an advertising agency that was in Tulsa. And they had a little meeting for just a few small, intimate group of people that got together, and then they were just, you know, some ministers. And so that R.W. Schombach could just pour into them. And all those are precious times, you know, when you just get together with some believers. I'm telling you, not everything happens just in a service. Sometimes just it's a few people around a dinner table. Amen. It's amazing what God could do. Life-changing events, you know. So they were just in this room, and, and David asked him this question, that asked R.W. Schombach this question that he, asked a lot of, that he would ask a lot of people. He said, what was the most notable miracle you've ever seen? Well, Schombach said, it wasn't in my ministry, it was in Brother Allen's ministry, A.A. Allen, and he used to work with another evangelist by the name of A.A. Allen. And he said it was, in, it was in one of his meetings, and it's a story he told often about a young boy who was brought uh, to a service that, uh, that was severely deformed and sick and was born, you know, just with all kinds of problems, 26 different, you know, diseases he had, and, and, and he had problems with his feet were not formed properly, his eyes were not formed properly, and his, his body was all, you know, crunched in like a, like a, in a fetal position almost, he had not walked, and all these different problems, and, and I won't tell the whole story this morning, but the, the short version of the story is Alan grabbed him in his arms and prayed for him. It happened, I believe, in Tennessee, Knoxville, if I'm, not, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And he walked back and forth on the platform, and he prayed for him. And the whole congregation watched as those arms shot out, and God healed his eyes. And he put the child on the platform, and he ran across the platform. And a great miracle took place. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And, uh, you know, it was an amazing story. So, I mean, sometimes we go tilt when we hear stories like that. So, sto- stories of S- Sister McPherson's meetings. We hear some of the, th- I've heard of uh, limbs growing out and things like that. And, and it makes us shock, just, you know, it shocks us at times only because we're so conditioned by the course of this world. But if you really think about who God is, we ought to be more surprised that that hasn't happened more often. Amen. Of course the dead are raised. Of course tumors disappear. Of course the things that aren't there are created. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God who created the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. Amen. In fact, those stories make more sense than a lack of those stories if you think about God and who he is. So David asked him, he says, have you ever, you know, he said, man, that's, that's amazing. What was the most notable miracle you ever saw? And then he, he left, you know, and he went back to, he went, he was uh, working for Kenneth E. Hagan at the time. And he went to Kenneth E. Hagan's house and he told him the story. And he said, man, 
He said, listen, I was just with Bob Schombach and he told me this testimony from one of Alan's meetings and he told me this is what happened and he described it. And Kenneth Hagin says to him, he says, yeah, this is what I want you to get. Kenneth Hagin says, yeah. He says, we used to see that all the time in the 50s. <laughs> he said, we used to see that all the time in the 50s. Everybody say all the time. <laughs> He said, I don't know, you know, why we don't see it anymore. He goes, as much. He goes, well, no, I do. He says, well, one thing is I know this, that we used to, you know, he would tell about how they used to have the longer meetings, and, you know, you would take a while to preach the doubt out of people and then get them into faith, and then you'd start seeing good things happening. And he said, you know, and then there's other reasons, and he went into things. And, but, you know, God's the same, isn't he? He's the same, and that, that we used to see that all the time. That, that's the kind of God we serve, isn't it, you know? Now, when he was talking about in the 50s, I don't know if you know this or not. Some of you guys might not know, but there was a, a move of God. There was what we call a healing revival that took place from 1947, right after World War II, uh, up into like the late 50s, 1958, early 60s, right in there. And it was a really notable work of God. There was evangelists setting up tents all over the, all over the country. There was meetings here in Erie. There was meetings in Cleveland. There was meetings, you know, and, and, and great miracles were taking place, stuff like what he's I've talked to people that had been in those services. I met a man who was healed of polio in, in a, in a um, uh, Oral Roberts meeting. You know, as a young boy, he was healed of polio. I met him in Tulsa. I just ran into him carrying out. Her, and I'd talked to people who'd been in those meetings and seen amazing things happen. David Horton, his mom, uh, his grandma, excuse me, went to an Oral Roberts meeting in Florida, and she was, had a big goiter, you know, don't see those as much anymore, but in those days, much more common. She had a big goiter on her neck, and she went to this service, believing God to do something, and it was late at night, and, and, and you know, he would pray for people sometimes until two in the morning, and she had work that was coming up the next day. She had to take a train home, and she said, I can't get in this line. I gotta leave. I'll never get, make it to the train on time, and she said, well, the same God that's working up there on the platform He's here with me in this back row in the seats, and I'm just going to release my faith to him now. And she said, Lord, I just ask you to heal me right now. I've got work in the morning. And bam, that thing disappeared, and it was gone <laughs> instantly. Amen. Praise God. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of God we serve, isn't it? Now, I've seen some stuff, and I thank God for it. I've seen people raised off of deathbeds. I've seen people get out of wheelchairs. I've seen Tumors and growths disappear. Scar tissue disappear. We've seen things here in this very room where people with broken arms and bones were healed and pain would leave and different things happen right here. Uh, Brother Rich, just last time we were here, show him your hand, man. <laughs> you, he, we, we'll put a video up. We, he gave us a video that it was, uh, you couldn't move your trigger finger and it would lock and there was a growth. That just happened last time we were here. Somebody say amen. Rejoice with him. I've seen some things. But all, all my ministry, all my time, I've never had a sense of, oh, yeah, we're here. But I've, all, I've always known there's more to see. Everybody say there's more to see. And I believe God wants to do it. Amen. And I believe the story of the church in these last days is not going to be a people that are beat out by the devil and beat out by the world and in, a, in a, just a, a barely surviving state. But I believe that in these last days, we're going to see greater things than have ever been seen before in any other generation. And I believe it's a great privilege for us to be walking the earth at this time, to be breathing breath at this time, to be here at this time, that we could be a part of God's people to enjoy, hallelujah, letting him be seen through us in this great day. Amen. This isn't the devil's day. This is God's day. Amen. 
Bible says it this way. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's say that again. This is the day that the Lord has made. We, should re- we will rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah, this is a miracle day. This is a signs and wonders day. This is a treading on serpents and on scorpions and nothing shall by any means hurt you day. Amen. This is a fire falling from heaven day. This is a God making a way where there there was no way way day. This is a God making crooked places straight and rough places smooth day. Amen. It's a good day to be alive. In Acts chapter 4, and I'll close with this. There's a prayer. And, you know, there's all that stuff, like I mentioned, stuff happened in the 50s. There was a great healing revival. Great miracles took place. But, you know, our God is the same today, and I don't believe that was the high watermark for the church. I believe that in these last days we're going to see greater things, you know, than those days. And, and that, they, that just like they speak of the saints of old, that they look at our day and think, wow, wouldn't, wouldn't it have been great to be alive when they were alive in 2021. And I believe that that cloud of witnesses from, from days gone by in Pentecost will look at our day and say, wow, wouldn't it have been great to walk the earth when they did in 2021 when God was doing so many great things and so many exciting things, amen? But you know, it's always been connected with prayer. Anything that God has ever done has always been connected with prayer. Have you, do you realize that? That, that Jesus' own ministry himself, it was always with prayer. Jesus prayed. He didn't just come and just do it, but there was this prayer life. And there was this, you know, he was always praying. And then any revival that you study out, anything that God did great in the earth, you've always seen that it was always preceded by prayer. In fact, John Wesley, somebody who was mightily used in, in, in the Great Awakening, he said it seems that God could do nothing except through prayer. That was his perception of it, that what had happened in his lifetime and what had happened through his ministry was a lot. He said it's, God couldn't do it except through prayer. That was his perception, amen. He said, well, what did John Wesley do? I heard somebody say about John Wesley. He said, yeah, you know, when he, when he died, he went to heaven. He left behind an old Bible, an old preaching cloak like they used to work, wear, and the Methodist church, you know. <laughs> he did all right. The Methodist church was, was uh, moving and shaking for a lot of years there, made a, you know, shaped our nation. But they, I want you to know that even in the book of Acts, you see that, oh, you say the book of Acts, it's a great pattern in how the church advanced. But there was a prayer life. Everybody say prayer life. And you see this prayer that they prayed, and it's in Acts chapter 4, and in verse 29, and it says, And now, Lord, take note of their threats, and grant your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence, while you extend your hand to heal, and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Listen, when you pray for our nation, pray this prayer. They, three simple things. They said, Lord, grant boldness to your servants to speak your word. Give us your supernatural ability to speak your word. Not just one person, but servants, all of us. Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal. How many you know God wants to heal in this day? Amen. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Well, what's God's hand? You're his hand. I'm his hand. Lord, move through your church. Move through your people. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Amen. Lord, work healing in this generation greater than has ever been seen in any generation, Father. Stretch forth your hand to heal. 
And then, Father, that signs and wonders be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Amen. How many know we need signs and wonders? We need miracles out there in the forefront, right where people can see that cannot be denied. People will have to be dishonest or, you know, like to, they'll have to be dishonest or evil to deny that, which happens, but to deny that they're happening because they'll be so clear and so plain and God will be so glorified that many will come to the kingdom through it. Amen. We can pray for these things, and I believe this is a prayer that God still answers today. He answered it for them, didn't he? And he still answers it for us today. Praise God. I'll close with that. If you have pain or difficulty in your back and you would like prayer, would you just stand to your feet? You don't have to come forward. Just stand to your feet right where you are. If you'd like pain, prayer for your back, amen? On this side, over here, anybody here, amen. How many believe Jesus is a healer? Amen, he's here. Thank God we don't just have to tell stories about how God is alive, but we can experience it and walk in it and have it now. Amen. I'm going to pray just a simple prayer. I'm gonna command in the name of Jesus, not my name or the name of any church or denomination. I'm gonna command backs to be healed and whole. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter how long it's been that way. Nothing's impossible for God. Amen. And after we command, after we say something, I just want you to act your faith after we pray. Uh, Jesus would always tell people to do something. To the man with the withered hand, he said, stretch forth your hand. To the 10 lepers, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And he gave them some action to do. So after we pray, just move. Just do what you couldn't do before. For. Amen. And we're going to expect God to move on our behalf. Everybody, let's all say this together. Everybody in this place, say, I expect Jesus to heal bodies in this place. If you're believing God for something, say, I expect Jesus to heal me. He's my healer. Amen. Let's pray together. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your mighty power. Glory to God right now. In Jesus' name, we command back pain and the cause of it to go. We com- Surely, 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 not maybe, not possibly, not hopefully, surely he bore our sickness and he carried our pain. Surely, it's a sure thing. It's a sure thing. It's a sure covenant, Father. Surely he bore it. So, Father, we command back pain to go. We command stiffness to go. We command anything that needs to be recreated, to be created now, right now, pain and the cause of it, go. Right now, movement, be restored. Right now, be healed and whole, difficulty, pain, go in Jesus' name. No more in the name of Jesus. Now let's all praise God together. Everybody in this place, let's thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And those who stood for prayer, just move. Act your faith. Do what you couldn't do. Be healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. All pain, all stiffness, all difficulty. Any catch, go, go, go in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. One more time, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's give him glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, you may be seated. Praise God. Thank you. Come on now. Let's all praise God together with these people. Let's thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, God is good. Now, I won't ask anybody to say anything because we'll just close here, but just by a show of hands, those who we prayed for for backs, who says something's already different? Just raise your hands right there. Yeah, anybody else? Raise your hand over here. Let's rejoice with these. Roll all over. Let's rejoice with them. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody who received prayer, say, no more in Jesus' name. Say, it doesn't belong to me. 
Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm just going to pray for everybody. Those was just, that was something on my heart, but whatever it is, whatever it is, Father, we just thank you. We speak healing. We speak deliverance. We speak freedom to people in the name of Jesus. Listen, I just had this on my heart to share uh, mental problems, depression, difficulty, things like that. Whatever, ADHD, there's a, there's a key to this, I believe. There's a key to this. You are a new creature if you're born of God. You're, 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 if you're born again, you're a new creature. Everybody say new creature. And if you're a new creature, you're not flawed, you're not damaged, you're not malfunctioning. Are you hearing me? That's an outside thing. That's not who you are. That's something outside of you. And thank God, uh, you get what I'm saying, because we're a three-part being. We are a spirit we have a soul and we live in a body, amen? And we, that your body could malfunction, your soul could malfunction, but your spirit is always perfect, amen? A new creature, your spirit is always perfect. And I think especially with mental things, very often it's easy to identify, make it your identity, but to realize it's not in your spirit, amen? Depression isn't in your spirit. ADHD isn't in your spirit. PTSD isn't in your spirit, Are you hearing me? And from that position, you speak to your soul. You speak to it. You say, that's not me. That's not my identity. That's not who I am. I resist it in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for this. We thank you for healing and miracles here in this place. Hearts be strong and beat normal. Arteries be clear. Tumors and growths go. Joints and knees operate properly in the name of Jesus. Ears hear, eyes see. Minds function properly. Minds be strong in the name of Jesus. Be healed and whole in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now anybody who's here today and you say, yeah, I want God to use me. I want God to use me in this last day to demonstrate his power, to, to, to see others helped and set free and captives set free. Put out your hands in front of you. I can't do it with just both hands like this. Put them out in front of you. And just hallelujah. The Bible says in Mark 16, believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. It didn't say apostles. It didn't say prophets. It didn't say pastors, teachers. It said believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Everybody say, here I am. Use me. Use these hands. Use my mouth. Use my body. Use it to show forth your glory. Open doors. Create situations. Give me opportunity and then rise up within me and show yourself strong in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Did you have a good time? (laughs) Glory to God. Good. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm glad I wasn't the only one. Amen. (laughs) I had a good time. Amen. I believe church should be a good time. If God touched your body in some way, send me a message on Facebook or catch me after. I love to hear the testimonies. Rich told me his testimony, what God did for his hand. I loved hearing it. Tell me about it. Jesus is alive. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. 2021, 2022. Amen. This, this, this season that we live in, this is the day that the Lord has made. We'll be discouraged. We'll be downtrodden. We'll be worried. No, we will rejoice. And be glad in it. I'm glad we're alive in this day. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Be blessed, folks. You are dismissed. Hallelujah. One more thing real quick. I'm sorry. Real quick. Praise God.
I w- <laughs> my third closing, right? No, this is important. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I don't know everybody here. I don't want to close this Jesus that we talked about. I promise you every story I told you was true. I promise you every healing story I'm telling you I've, <laughs> that I share, I've either heard it from credible people. I've heard a lot. Some of them I, I wonder, but I, it's credible people that I know or things that I've seen with my own eyes. And I've seen that the God of, of the Bible, that he's alive today and he's still working miracles, he's still helping people. And I know even people watching on this live streamers will share it. There is one God. He did create the heavens and the earth, and he did come in in the form of a man, his son, Jesus Christ, and he paid the price for man's sins, and he died on the cross, and he did it for you, and he did it for me, and you don't have to be good enough to get to heaven because none of us could be good enough, amen? None of us ever would be good enough, but Jesus, who was good enough, paid the price that we should have paid so that we can go and spend eternity with God, amen? in heaven. And it's a free gift. It's not something you earn. It's not something that you you work for. It's not something you get after you go to church or it's not something you get after you, you know, do some kind of religious activity, but it is something that was given for free that you could receive today. And you simply receive it by praying a simple prayer. The Bible says, call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. Call on the name of Jesus. Believe with your heart and confess with your mouth and thank God. That's the easy part, but you give God the permission to come into your life and make you a new creature, to forgive you. You give God the permission to make you his child when you you simply release your authority to him and say, Lord, make me a Christian. Forgive me of my sins. Amen. Let's all pray that prayer together, whether you're watching online or everybody in this place. Let's all pray together. And if you're praying it for the first time today, I want you to know God will meet you. He'll save you. He'll make you his child. Amen. Dear Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again from the dead. I believe you're alive today. Forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. Take my life. Make it everything you want it to be. I accept you, Jesus. And you accept me. In Jesus' name, amen. It's good to be saved. Folks, now you're dismissed, amen. Go be blessed today as you go in this beautiful day. I don't think it's raining yet. It's been good to be back with you. We love you.